Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. Alright. In 1996, Warner Brothers Pictures rolled the dice on a family film, combining their hottest property, the Looney Tunes, with the hottest property in the sports world, Michael Jordan. The film was a smash success, grossing over $230 million worldwide. More surprisingly, perhaps, the soundtrack to the motion picture was also a wild success. Featuring an eclectic mix of hip-hop, R&B, and soul, the album delivered a squeaky-clean track list that reflected urban culture in the 90s to perfection. The irresistible star power of Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny combined helped to promote the film and the album, which introduced acts such as D'Angelo, R. Kelly, Busta Rhymes, and Jay-Z into suburban family living rooms all around the world. Which is why it's a phenomenal coincidence that just a week later, another basketball superstar was trying to stake his own claim on the music industry, with some very mixed results. That's right, Shaquille O'Neal released his third studio album, You Can't Stop the Rain, just one week after the release of the Space Jam soundtrack. Was it a slam dunk, or should we all be crying foul? We're gonna find out. Welcome to When Albums Collide. It's the When Albums Collide podcast. Judd Boaz with you, joined by my co-host Pedro Duran. How's it going, man? I am good, Judd. How are you? I'm good. Do you know, I like mispronounced your name last week. It was weird. I don't know why. <laughs> For the first time ever, I missaid really? your name. I said like you? Duran, Duran or something. Ah, uh, uh, I don't even, I don't think I even noticed. Yeah, it's all right. Everyone does it all the time, so I'm not... Those know. people don't know, haven't known you for like a year, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess so, yeah. Well, now... No, well, now I am disappointed, Judd. So we had quite the doozy of of an album selection this week. Very basketball themed. It was Space mm. Jam, the original motion picture soundtrack, versus You Can't Stop the Rain by one Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Pedro, tell me a tale. Weave me a tale of what Space Jam means to you, and what does Shaquille O'Neal mean to you? I'm gonna have to correct you again. It's Space Jam, music from and inspired by the motion picture is the official title. My goodness. Yeah, so just wanted to take that before we get angry tweets coming at us. Um, (laughs) To answer answer your question, what does Space Jam and Shaq mean to me? I mean, I'm a 90s kid, so growing up, I mean, Michael Jordan was the biggest celebrity and biggest basketball player in the the fucking world. The fact that he um, was going to do a movie with Bugs Bunny and um, Daffy Duck and the whole, you know, Looney Tunes gang was monumental, um, especially coming off the back of a, a movie like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I think is it's a really sick and re- legitimate movie. Um, and seeing the technological advances of having live action and animated characters together was going to be was going to be amazing. And of course, I think everyone that grew up in the 90s as a kid saw Space Jam and um and it is a piece of nostalgia for them. I even even to this day I still have my uh Toon Squad basketball jersey that they wore in the in the movie and on the final game. How much would that go for on like eBay these days? Oh, probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I think I think maybe the Michael Jordan one is a little more expensive. I got I think You got the Porky Pig one. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Lola Bunny. Um uh, <laughs> no 
I, I I think I have maybe like a bootleg. I don't even know who's the number on the back or something like that. I have to double. Maybe it is Michael Jordan, but I, I'm pretty sure I got a bootleg one because I got it when I was in Vietnam. So I don't think it's like the official official. But I will still get uh, compliments on it from from. And it's usually like you know guys in their 30 who grew up with Space Jam as well. They'd be like, "Oh, that's so cool," and I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm I'm never growing up." So so it's that. So I grew up with this album. I had it a lot jamming and bumping uh, in my CD player back in the day. So it was a good nostalgia trip. And then as regards to uh, Shaq, I mean, I'm from Florida. Shaq was on the Orlando Magic. I'm pretty sure he was a rookie on, on that team. And he was so synonymous with Orlando Magic, with the Shaq attack and everything. Even his Reebok shoes were the colors of the Orlando Magic, blue and black. So Shaq was massive and super big when I was growing up as well. And I knew that he was always into other stuff, like rap. I knew he was a rapper. I never listened to his rap albums un- until this week. I knew that he was in video games, Shaq Fu, the legendary fa- Shaq Fu. Have you ever played that? Have you ever heard of Shaq I've Fu? Never, I've, uh, I know what Shaq Fu is. I've never played Shaq yeah, Fu. me neither. Um, but a long line, you know, the long line of... Um... Uh, basketball players with video games like Charles Barkley's Shut Up and Jam. Yeah. Uh, David Robinson's Shut the Fuck Up and Play. Um, mm. <laughs> Number of them. Yeah. So I've never played Shaq Fu either. But I always thought it was weird. Like, I was like, why? Maybe he's really into martial arts in his personal life, but why would they make it like a martial arts game? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about his his influences at all, man. <laughs> um, yeah, he has had a, he has had a, a storied career, which we're we're definitely going to get into. Yeah, especially the movies. We haven't even talked about that. Oh, classic like Kazam. Yeah, we're going to talk. Steel. We're going to talk about. <laughs> we're right, going to cool. talk about that. So much like you, um, you know, other people are from the 70s, but I'm a 90s bitch, as Iconopop would say. Yeah. I, so Space Jam was obviously a big movie. I never had it on, on VHS, mm-hmm. um, which it was one of those great prizes that eluded me throughout my, my youth. Um, so I never had it, but I, I think we had like a, a taped copy with, you know, the ads from TV that we'd taped um, still mm-hmm. on it. Shaquille O'Neal, I have a different history with because once again we're doing an episode. I've met Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, really? Far out. Yeah. Have I not told you the story? No. Let me tell you a tale. Sit by the fire and let me spin you a yarn of when I met Shaquille O'Neal yeah. in a past life. So Shaquille O'Neal came to Hong Kong. Uh, he had a friend, a teammate, a former teammate that had an energy drink that he wanted to promote, and he got Shaq on it to be the face of the brand, right? Okay. So he comes to Hong Kong to promote this to the Chinese market, and he has a press conference at Ozone. Ozone is on the 118th floor of the Ritz-Carlton, and I get to go. I get I get a press pass for it, and I am fucking psyched for this, right? Like, all amateur interviewers, journalists that think they're hot shit, I wanted to be, like, hot ones. I wanted to be, like, Nardware. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ask some really deep questions, and he's going to, like, he's going to remember me. He's going to want to be friends with me. He's going to be like, you know what? Judd, you're cool. Why don't you, why don't you come to the club with me t- later tonight? Let's, let's yeah. hang, just you and me. That's I what I thought was going to hey, happen, right? He'll be like, hey, Judd, you're cool. Come to the club with yeah, me. Yeah, because, because you asked me this one question. Uh, ridiculous, but this is in my head, my head process. So I'm sitting there, and he does this ridiculous press conference for this energy drink that no one gives a shit about. Then he starts doing interviews, and he's wiling out at the start of this press conference. He's lifting little Chinese girls above his head with one hand. He's throwing (laughs) them around the room. It's fucking bonkers in this rooftop bar, and he's going ape, right? People start to go ahead of me in the interview process. 
So mm. obviously, I'm, I know the New York Times is going to get first pre- precedence over me. So the New York Times does the interview, and then CNN does an interview, and then the local papers start to go through. South China Morning Post does an interview. Uh, Apple Daily does an interview. All these different, the Standard does an interview. All these different newspapers, publications. I'm just like lowly local Hong Kong radio. So mm-hmm. like they don't give a shit about me. But the PR people are trying to be really nice. Like, oh, Mr. Shaq, he has, he has a couple more interviews. Then then you'll get your turn. You know, eventually, if, if I was myself now, I'd be like, no, fuck off. You promised me this time. I, mm-hmm. I get this time. But I was a demure little boy at this time. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they, they come up to me and says, look, we... We we have to we have to cancel your interview. Like Shaq has no time. He's he's tired. He wants to go back to the room. I'm, I'm, and I I like kicked off. I'm like, no, I deserve this time. I've been waiting here for an hour. I deserve my time with Mr. O'Neill. <laughs> so they're like, okay, we'll give you five minutes. I'm like, yes, Mr. O'Neill. So I had a I had like a fucking row of thirty questions. I was gonna give this this guy a Myers Briggs test, you know, because I thought we we're gonna become best friends after my inquisitive yeah. interview. I had read right. his autobiography the previous night. I was do I put in the work. So I got like three questions, maybe four questions with Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. He's stretched out on this leather couch at, at, in this rooftop bar, and he beckons me over to sit next to him, like in the crook of his armpit. Mm-hmm. I can feel the warmth of Shaquille O'Neal rubbing off on me. Mm. And then his girlfriend comes and sits next to me. So it's like a Shaquille O'Neal sandwich, and I'm the meat, is, yeah. is what it is, right? I start asking questions, and I'm talking... I mean, people might know I talk quite quickly on the podcast, but I'm talking fucking 80 kilometers an hour. I am blasting the words out of my mouth because i got to get these questions out, these meaningful questions. And my friend had texted me the previous night saying, Yo, Shaq's at Dragon Eye. He's at this nightclub called Dragon Eye. He's DJing, apparently, because Shaq was DJing the previous night. Wow, okay. And I asked him about that, like, Oh, what did you play? What did you play? One word answers all the way, all the way through. Oh, I played this. I played that. Oh, oh, cool, cool Mr. O'Neill. Cool, cool, cool. What, what about, what about that time you worked in in Burger King when you were fourteen? Yeah, that was a crazy time. Oh, c- c- cool, Mr. O'Neill. Cool, cool. And uh, it's it's just going so it's going so poorly. But he was he was tired and he obviously had no time for me. But he answered all the questions perfunctorily. Mm. And they start giving me the go home cue, you know, the wrap it up signal. And yeah. you know that music in Super Mario Brothers when the timer starts to starts yeah. to go and you can hear the music? That's going through my head. This is going through my head the entire time. I ask him some other questions. I get some clips for my radio show and, and I get the hell out of there. But you know what? It was not a bad experience because at least I can say I met Shaq and yes, he is a large human being. Mm. He is a crazily large human being he could eat me and still have room for you know cold stone creamery yeah yeah wow that's amazing i've never met michael jordan and i've never met bugs bunny but uh, they're the next on the list <laughs> Nah, yeah no i've never even met him either mickey mouse i've met um <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The Magic not Kingdom. bugs bunny he's a little bit too elusive for me so so we're gonna dive into these albums that's enough preamble but i do want to uh, read a couple of excerpts very quickly from Shaq, my story, his mm. autobiography that he almost certainly did not write and someone else ghost wrote for him. And this is what he had to say about rapping, because it's weird, you're number one draft pick, you're very rich already, you probably don't need to rap, so he was obviously doing it because he liked to do it. Did you look up the backstory of, like, he went on the Arsenio Hall show and started rapping? I didn't see that. I saw more of uh, um, later interviews where, like, where he goes with Sway in the Morning, 
and he was uh, just talking about his that. rap career and stuff and he was basically he goes on and you probably touch and he was like i just i just doing it for fun i just wanted to contact you know jay-z biggie smalls and i just want to do it yeah. for fun so so what had happened arsenio hall who's inexplicably vanished from the public eye now but was very big in the 90s had a talk show and he wanted Shaq to come on. He's like, come on my show, man. And Shaq was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Like I basketball, like do people want to hear that? So he says, if I come on the show, I want to do something different. I want to rap. And he's like, oh, okay. He goes on the show and does a rap with Foosh Nickens. He kills it and everyone loves it. And he thinks, oh, I can, I can do a, I can do a rap. The very next day, a record company signs him. They're like, oh, you can rap? Okay, we're going to sign you, do a record for us. Yeah. So this is a little bit about his history of, of rapping. From Shaq, my story. I loved making rap records, and I made some money, but it was tip money compared to my basketball salary. It was a great experience, but I wasn't going to make a living doing it. People loved my first record, and everything was cool, but sooner or later, it was bound to happen. The industry hate started to kick in. Rappers started resenting my success. They were saying, you're a professional athlete, what are you doing in our world? I could feel the tide turning. When Shaq Diesel came out, everybody played it. But now I've got my second record, and I've got to travel to all these radio stations and studios to promote it. They've got a million basketballs lined up for me, and if I don't sign them, they won't play the record. The first time around, everyone wanted to record something with me. Now all of a sudden, they're calling me up and saying they'll do it, but they want $200,000. That's from Shaq, my story. Mm. So had a very charmed entry into it because he was famous already, number one draft pick, huge basketball star. But then he realized the music business isn't all it's cracked up to be. And we'll get into that uh, a little bit later as well. Um, but let's dive in with the album, You Can't Stop the Rain. What did you think of the, there's the intro and then kicks off with a bang? Like I said, I've never listened to this uh, uh, album ever. I, and I don't think I even listened to um, Shaq rap. So you start listening to this record and it, it, it comes very apparent and that it's very much like 1996 hip hop rap. And because of the beat and the style and stuff, he's not like incredibly terrible, <laughs> you know, because it, 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 it I was expecting like really, really bad, but it's also not, it's not even, it's not super great. It has uh, lyrics like, why they act in fake and jacks? You're not a friend of me. I, I peep your card and you're not as hard as you pretend to be. Who want to spark it with the chocolate? Macadamia, head clean to the cranium. You know the game, Shaq. Aim to maintain money on the brain. Can't stop the rain. I mean, there's a somewhat bit of talent there, but I think as the album goes on, you listen more to it. Like his features, because the incredible thing about it is that he has like Biggie, he has Lord to Peter Guns, he has Jay Z, he has Rockham on this album, Bobby Brown. His features kind of steal the show from him along the way, just because they're just a lot more professional at what they do. Like even this, this, this rap. Uh, excuse me, this track is um, Biggie. I think Biggie steals the show because it's just... Biggie of... Small steals a rap track? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's a verse from Biggie that I've never heard of. And it, and it's just typical Biggie. He's smooth, he's dope, and he's um, super uh, super lyrical in this track. So it really does take away from, from Shaq's. Were you as impressed as I was that he managed to fit the word macadamia into a rhyme? <laughs> I've never heard that kind of nut referred to in a hip-hop song. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, it's usually different type of other nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I was saying, I, I was a little more impressed because he's not as 
whack as you would probably think he could be just rapping. There's some tracks later on in the album that he's rapping offbeat somewhat, but like I said, he, he's got some skills, so um, I'm not going to take that away from him. Um, you mentioned the one and only Biggie Smalls, which is a very big get. I know this is his third album, and I know he's one of the most famous basketball players on the planet at the height of the NBA, but it's still a very big get to get on your rap album. Mm-hmm. He actually wrote about it in the autobiography. He talks about um, Biggie getting killed and how he could have been at that that party that night. Oh, yeah, um, but I he, heard about but that. About the recording process, he said this. From Shaq, my story. Biggie Smalls and Jay-Z couldn't have been nicer. They did it for free. They told me, man, I love your work. You're a real rapper. Biggie Smalls was the nicest dude in the world. He was an absolute master in the studio. The other guys would come to the house to record and they'd be there all night. They'd go over it and over it and chop it and change it. I always had my verse prepared ahead of time because I didn't want to tie them up. Mm. I'd be working on my verses on the plane after the game. Dennis Scott, my best friend on the Orlando Magic, would help me with the beats. When Biggie came, I went in and took about an hour to do my verse. He listened to it and said, that's tight, that's tight. Then he said, are you ready for me? I handed him a pen and some paper and he says, I don't write, dog. He went in the studio and came out 15 minutes later with an amazing rap. The problem was, it was too vulgar. Mm -hmm. I told him... Hey, Biggie, we've got to think about the kids. So we went back in and came out another 15 minutes later with something even better. That is quite the quite the glowing praise from Shaq about Biggie, and I don't doubt any of that, I think. Clearly, Biggie was on another level, too, to what yeah. Shaq was used to. It was a good start. I wish it had kept up this pace, and then mm-hmm. I realized it was probably just a good start because a legendary rapper called Biggie Smalls was on the track, and um, he carried a lot of it. Yeah. Jumping over to Space Jam which the original soundtrack went six times platinum, which is crazy for a movie soundtrack about cartoon animals. Yeah. Um, it starts off with old Scarface himself, Mr. Heidi Klum, or Mr. X Heidi Klum, Seal with Fly Like an Eagle. Yeah. First of all, my, my first impression, Seal has songs that aren't Kiss from a Rose. Well, that's weird. Yeah, I didn't no. know that. It's, it's crazy. It's a cover of a song by the Steve Miller Band, and they actually got a call from the Steve Miller Band saying, oh, you did a really, really good cover. I'm really proud to, to have you cover that song. And I actually like the song, Fly Like an Eagle. It's a good song. It's a classic. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, like I said, I've listened to this album. I had it. Uh, on CD growing up. So you owned you owned this album. I did. I really I not only that Hell I owned yeah. this you album, were one of those six million people that bought this album. I know, yeah. I owned this and like I bumped it and I just played it and played it over and over again. Cause this is like my first access to to music. Little tidbit about about me, like because my, my mom was always worried about my brother and I listening to like quote unquote bad music. Because remember when parental advisory stickers came out, like on CDs, it was always like, Oh, that's that's not good. We, we can't listen yeah, to that stuff. Yeah. So, my musical selection was very limited to you know, like movie soundtracks or Christian rap. Really? Yeah, really? yeah, it was really Is that bad. why your brother's called Christian? <laughs> Uh, maybe <laughs> not. Uh, um, I, I just, it was just really limited to that stuff for a long time until I started, you know, earning my own little money, like working at McDonald's or whatever. So I can buy my own like little CDs or whatever. So when I bought this, you know, they have songs from like Coolio or we'll get into it a little later, like the Monstar song. Oh my God. Oh my, that's anyway. Yeah. yeah I, for me, it. it was like, oh my God, 
this is like real hip hop, <laughs> you know, like this is real <laughs> rap. It's so good. So um, there is a lot of nostalgia that goes into it, but yeah, fly like an Eagle. I think it's, it's, I, I think it still holds up. It's, it's, it's a pretty good little funky song. Seal wants to give back to the less, uh, less fortunate um, and, and things like that. It's a nice pop song for a long time. You know, there's a, there's a, a line where he goes like, I want to fly like an Eagle. I want to, I want to shield the children. Oh, he goes, I want to shoe the children living on the street. As a kid, I always thought he said, I want to shoot the children. I was like, I don't know. Why does he want to kill kids and stuff? And then as he was a gangster, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's probably why he has that massive scar on his face. He's got some things in his background. No, we Hell don't yeah. know about it's like the joker origin from the dark knight but yeah i thought it was a dope track and um pretty great to listen to um and i wonder if he actually took this and maybe put on his own album um one of his other releases because this was uh this was a massive hit oh that, that's a that's a common theme with a lot of this soundtrack coming through and you mentioned coolio's on the next track called the winner coolio is like tailor-made for the when albums collide podcast by the way like gangster's paradise we have to get to that album oh, yeah. eventually but I only know Coolio from the Keenan and Kel opening theme. You ever watch that show? Yes. Bro, I was on that show. I was on that show as a studio. Did I tell you this? I told you the story, right? I was on the sh- I was on the show as a studio. Um, Real, you're in the live studio audience for Keenan and Kel. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Which episode? It's the bomb when they open up a club. They take that little convenience store that i think keenan worked at and they changed it to a club and um and then of course like the boss comes in like the day early you know typical sitcom so if i watch that episode i'll be able to hear the laughter of a prepubescent pedro duran (laughs) yes or and yes yes or and even more so at the end of that episode because they always do like an epilogue where keenan and kel was like i have an idea and then he's like oh here we go and at the end of that episode he invites keenan invites the audience to come with him so he's like everyone come down come down and the studio audience comes down on stage and walks past the camera i don't know if you can see me but i've always been able to point out uh, a lot of my schoolmates real we have to watch next time we have we have to watch that yeah. <laughs> we have to yeah that's amazing yeah it was a it was a good experience it was fun man and unfortunately coolio was not there to make a pre- uh to make an appearance but that song is awesome i do love that that song ah oh, here we go but yeah with the winner it's 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 funny because i've uh watched the behind the music of coolio which is weird to say there's a behind the music of coolio <laughs> but um he went on to say like gangster paradise was kind of a fluke for him because he was never that type of artist. And if you listen to the rest of his catalog, you can tell like he's kind of more of a fun, comedic, happy-go-lucky rapper where like the gangster stuff isn't really his thing. It's just he recorded a song for a soundtrack and it just blew up. And um, according to Behind the Music, um, the record company wanted him to go more of that tone. But he was just like, nah, I don't, I don't want to. I'm coolie. I'm trying to have fun and all these things. So when I listen to this, the winner, it's, I, I, I really understand. It. This is more of what an atypical coolie. It's, it's a really feel good exactly. song. Back on the Shack album, you got another like skit. He has a couple skits that are just so skippable. Forget about it. Mm-hmm. 
And then it was all a dream, and I thought, man, that's a great line. It was all a dream? Huh. I bet that would make a really great opening line for a rap song. Mm-hmm. If, if anyone decided to, I don't know, make a rap song starting with it was all a dream, it was pretty original by Shaq, yeah. I thought. <laughs> I wonder where he got that inspiration from, you know, especially when the artist was previously on the track. <laughs> How do you feel about Shaq's sobriquet, Enrico Gates? Like, he calls himself, and he wants all his friends to call himself Enrico Gates, uh, Enrico after Roger Enrico, the CEO of Pepsi, and Gates after Bill Gates, oh, the richest um, man in the world. Mm, yeah. Shaq wants everybody to know that he's a workaholic like them when it comes to basketball. Mm. So he wants to be called Enrico Gates. Do you have a rap name, Pedro? Uh, me? Yeah. Um, I go by Dro Esquire, which is because my name is Pedro. So my my friends from like Florida will call me just Dro and Esquire just because it sounds cool <laughs> basically you're a registered barrister in the state of exactly Florida. i'm practicing lawyer so i yeah. use that as my rap name and also as my video game handle pro esquire yeah. adam on psn yes. guys because you know famously uh donald glover got his rap <laughs> moniker by typing his name into the wu-tang name gem- yeah. generator and he put in donald glover and it comes back childish gambino right. so he, he's like oh great i'm gonna use that so now I looked it up, and I'm going to give us our new rap names in, in a similar way. I typed our names into the Wu-Tang name generator. Perfect. Judd Boaz, from now on, that is not my name. My name is The Amateur Professional. Mm. And Pedro Duran, you are The Wicked Contender. Ooh. That's our new names now. Yes. Wicked Contender and Amateur Professional. I love That's it. what we are. I love it. I'm going to change it on my W-2s. <laughs> As for the song, it's great. You know, it's fine. It like, has a nice hook. Not very original because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just taking from a very famous line, but I didn't hate the song. One thing I noticed, Shaq sounds so different on this album, mm-hmm. don't you think? In my head, from meeting him and from seeing it on TV, what do I think Shaquille O'Neal sounds like? Mm-hmm. He sounds so different on this album. Like, did something happen to his voice in the past 20 years? I don't know what happened. I think maybe it's just a rap voice that he's putting on. Because I agree. Because, you know, we have this idea, especially now because he's a commentator and you are we're used to hearing his voice. Do do a Shaq impression. Do a Shaq impression right now. Hey, my name is Shaq. How are you doing, Charles Yeah, Buckley? exactly. Exactly. The, so the Lakers got to do 23-25 and then Pat Riley's got to do this. Yeah. So if uh, if they do that, they can be on the game. You know, he so. sounds like eight octaves higher on this on this Definitely, album. definitely. That's something I did notice because I was like, it doesn't sound like him at all. It sounds like, like I say, it's, it sounds like he's trying to put on a rap voice. Whereas everyone else on the on the on the album, like Biggie, Jay Z, they sound like themselves. Uh, I finally got with Jay Cipini. I said, you know what? I want to wear what the young guys wear. Mm-hmm. I want to wear what the little guys wear. So they ain't even fit to step in Shaq's arena. I look inside your mind and I see your shook in your eyes. I wonder if it was a thing that he just changed his voice as he's recording or they changed it during um, the the mixing process or something because it doesn't sound like Shaq at all. It sounds almost kind of like LL Cool J in a way in some in, in some bits, like the way he's presenting himself on the mic. There were claims that maybe he had a little help ghostwriting or something and I was like, well, maybe it's not even him to begin with. Yeah. Maybe it's someone else rapping. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess it is him rapping, but his voice is just different i don't know no i totally agree we're gonna take a pause for the cause we'll be right back with uh, when albums collide next level sketch next level sketch 
The Next Level Sketch podcast is a new all-sketch comedy podcast from London's Next Level Sketch. Whether you like sketch comedy, or you just hate non-recorded live comedy, there's bound to be something here for you. Subscribe to the Next Level Sketch podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Anchor FM, or go to nextlevelsketch.com slash podcast. Back on When Albums Collide, we are comparing the one and only Shaquille O'Neal with You Can't Stop the Rain versus the soundtrack to Space Jam. Continuing on on Space Jam, there are some bangers yet to come, my friend. Mm. The next song is, I mean, everyone, all right, whatever you're doing right now, just sit the fuck down, buckle up. It's time to slam now. (laughs) Yes. The Quad City DJs, Space Jam. Very similar to their other song, Come On and Ride It, mm-hmm. um, with a slight change in lyrics to fit in the word Space Jam. It still slaps. This is a hell of a song. Yeah, definitely. It, this, is a, this is a total jock jam. The female singer, her voice, but it sounds a little bit like robotic or auto-tuned or whatever, where she's, where she's singing the, the hook mm-hmm. is just so iconic. Yeah, this is definitely a song that would be continued to be played in arenas, and you know stadiums to get the crowd hype during um, basketball games, hockey games, whatever kind of uh, sporting event it is. Yeah, it is. It is a banger. And I remember this being the opening of the movie. Well, the, the opening credits, you know. And um, I'll I'll give it to them. They just the way they're able to incorporate the Space Jam themes in the song. Uh, the first half of the album, I fall. I, f- I find that they're really incorporating basketball lyrical themes throughout it um in the middle it kind of bogs down gets into just a typical r&b album but yeah this is this is a banger and um this can be played for just any time you want to make a grand entrance i i, I definitely recommend uh quasi djs it should be obvious that both of these albums have very heavy references to basketball mm-hmm. right like even even like on the shack album especially every line is something like oh i can play basketball really well mm-hmm. the song straight plan which is still to come mm-hmm. it's a song about him moving from the orlando magic to the la lakers mm-hmm. he's like oh you know i miss playing in the east but i love the west yeah. guys uh, it's the ultimate human resources move to write a song about changing teams. Yeah. And the NBA obviously has a history of rappers or athletes wanting to be the other person. Every rapper I know wants to be a basketball player and they want to play on the All-Star game. And every basketball player wants to be a rapper. It's like a, it's a, they can't, they're not satisfied just being one thing. Yeah. So I have put together a brief selective timeline of NBA stars rap careers. Perfect. You want to hear it? Yes. I was, I was hoping you would, uh pull this out there are too many to count there are 40 50 people that have tried to launch a mixtape i'm just doing the big stars i'm doing the main ones that people will remember the earliest one i could find 1987 akeem the dream olajuwon that's akeem not hakeem before he changed his name and heard him bad with the unbeatable dream mm. uh it's like this weird techno thing you gotta hear it mm-hmm. when his name's akeem and he's called the dream and i won't accept defeat unbeatable 1994, B-Ball's Best Kept Secret, a compilation album released by Epic Records that featured NBA players like Shaq, and included Gary the Glove Payton with his song, Livin' Legal and Large. Wow. It's actually not bad. Coming up as a youngster, the G had faith. I always pray to God that I'll make it one day. And now my dreams are lying, my mama used to tell me. 
1999, Chris Webber of the Fab Five and uh, Sacramento Kings later on releases his debut, Too Much Drama, with 21 tracks. Holy shit. Jeez. And there was some, it was like really hard gangster rap too. Yeah. Niggas think they can fuck with me, must be sure down the sacrifice and pay the price. Since I've been young, I've been nice on the dice. 2000, Kobe Bryant teams up with Tyra Banks. Yes, that, that Tyra Banks. Mm-hmm. For K-O-B-E. What I live for? Basketball, beats and bras. From Italy to the US. Yes, it's raw. I'm in search for the one that make my wealth feel poor. Not good. Mm. Not, not, not good. Also in 2000, Allen Iverson, yeah. a.k.a. AI, a.k.a. The Answer, yeah. a.k.a. Jules, yes. releases 40 bars. An interesting line in this song. Remains are found when the best kept secret get heated. You went platinum with a ghostwriter, so in the game you won, you cheated. Is that a shot at Shaq? Ooh, that might he's be. he's a rapper. Is he claiming that Shaq didn't write his song? That was very interesting. Mm, yeah. I don't know if you know, that mixtape obviously caught massive uh, criticism for being extremely homophobic. Yeah, I've heard about that. That's why I was familiar with, with AI um, when that when that mixtape came out, because that was... Uh, big story around it so 2007 san antonio spur tony parker releases tp you know that acronym for toilet paper yeah, TP. yeah. uh it's a rap album entirely in french uh had some like love songs on it it oof, really wow all right. 2015, Damian Lillard kills it on Sway in the Morning. He can actually rap. He's yeah. a good rapper. I mean it when I say it, bro. We started from the bottom. Childhood friends dropping like leaves in this autumn. Don't believe time is money. Money is time. When you focus, man, you look up and your money is fun. And more recently, 2019, Iman Shumpert with an absolutely ghastly fucking song called Handlebars that should be scrubbed off the internet. It is awful. Really? Bars, handlebars, switch the cars, been in corners super hard, with a feet that set the bar, monkey bars, she got bars. Honestly, I will say this though, Shaquille O'Neal is better than all of them. Yeah. He's more successful, and I think he, just because of his connections or whatever, he's a better rapper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, the features on this album definitely uh, level up the record. And so you get a song like Straight Playing, and... You're right, it's all features, because a lot of this album is not even Shaq, is on the album. Is that weird to say? Like, <laughs> later on, there's a song called Player. I think it's called Player. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a bonus track that was just included. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. And I was listening to it, and I was listening to it, and I thought, where the fuck is Shaq? <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be his album. I was yeah. listening to it. Shaq doesn't appear in a four-minute song. He doesn't appear until two minutes 30 into the song yeah. before he even says a word. And then he finishes at 2 minutes 55, and then he's not in the song anymore. He's in his own song on his own album for 25 seconds. Mm, it, this is a lot of him just bringing people in, like, I'm famous, but I'm not that talented as a musician. Fuck, just just get people in to do the features, and, and I'll just put my name on it. Yeah, exactly. And this is, like I was saying, at his height. Um, I think at the, this is 96, so he's probably wrapping up with the magic and moving on. He's just bringing on people who are kind of, you know, they're 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 at their prime as well, whether it be Jay-Z who just released Reasonable Down and is on his way to superstardom, which is funny because he's Jay-Z's also featured on the Space Jam album on a track we definitely gotta talk about. Yes, he is. Oh definitely <laughs> yes, gotta is. talk about. And like Lord Tariq Peter Guns. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Do you are you familiar with Lord Tariq and Peter Guns? I don't know. I didn't know Peter Guns before this, mm-hmm. but he is featured on a lot of this album. He's on like 60% of this album. Yeah. Well, his 
son, Corey Guns. You might have heard of him. He's kind of like one of the new school rappers. But yeah, Lord, yeah, Corey Guns sounds familiar. Yeah, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns, they had a massive hit in, I would say, the mid-90s. Um, it was a massive, like, New York anthem. New York, New York, and it's in it then. Oh, New York niggas got crazy game, but out of town niggas is all the same. Brooklyn niggas get crazy loop. That's because... Uh, out of town players are just all the same. That song, that song is like a banger. That's like a New York classic. So um, they had some heat, so therefore I'm sure that's why Shaq brought them on here. And, of course, like someone like Biggie as well, who just, at that point, point was almost well 96 he was about to drop his second album as well yeah i think it's just that he was just super famous on top of the world and he was like i just i just want to rap so i'm going to bring my friends in and just do this and you know for for these guys it's just a way of being around you know one of the biggest basketball players in the world at the at the time so as i mentioned we'll just we'll just ream through the middle of this album straight playing Mm -hmm. song about him moving from the orlando magic to the la lakers and it's also the soundtrack to steal which is the box office bomb that Shaq starred in. Really? And if we ever do a movie podcast, um, we will definitely cover that yeah. one. Best to worst, a lot of Peter Gunn on this one. He was on two verses and the hook. Yeah. Practically, it's a Peter Gunn song that Shaq is on. Yeah. And Legal Money with Mob Deep, who I assume just did a favor to Shaq because they wanted to hang out with Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, definitely. Rest in peace, Prodigy. And I, I really love the sample they used for this one. There was Mob Deep always have good samples, but it was like it's stop, look and listen, Diana Ross, Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, that's a really good sample. Yeah, yeah. I know this sample because later there was a rap group from Orlando that used it as well. And I think they had a bigger hit with it actually. So it's interesting. There's a lot of samples on this album that other rappers went on to use in their records and actually to make bigger hits. So in a way, I think uh, maybe Shaq was really influential into other people's careers. It's time to get to a trifecta of bangers coming up on the Space Jam. And starting with a song that's so popular, it outstripped the album. The artist later used it on his own album because it was so popular. It was one of his biggest songs. Mm-hmm. We separate the art and the artist now on this podcast, don't we? Uh, yeah, we, uh, so we we have to at times. We have to. Yeah. Um, there's this guy called R. Kelly and he did a song called I Believe I Can Fly. Is this a good song, actually? I can't tell anymore, because it's one of the most parodied songs ever, right? Mm. Like, this is the parody for a song. This was a song was written especially for the film. R. Kelly and Michael Jordan were playing basketball together. Michael Jordan asked him, can you please do a song for the film? He spent all night working on the melody. He had a dream about the melody, apparently. Mm. He woke up in the hotel room, went down to the lobby, asked the staff to unlock the grand piano in the hotel lobby, mm-hmm. and he just started working out at, like, 4 a.m., mm-hmm. started working out the melody. And he came up with this, and it is a very, very famous song. What do you think about I Believe I Can Fly? Yeah, man. I mean, this is this is a classic song. I mean, it is it is a great song. Um, it's just so inspirational. It has the gospel pop feel to it. The standout song of, of, of the album. That's why it had so much success. But, uh, yeah, it is it's crazy to think about everything that's going on with him now that he was able no, just don't just don't think about it okay just don't think about all it. right well i won't um yeah i mean it's it's a great song i mean it's amazing even it holds up even in 2020 it is a it's a great classic song and i will uh continue to to continue to love it man the next song hit em high featuring be real from cypress hill yes. coolio ll cool j method man of the wu-tang clan and buster rhymes Man, if your mother knew that she had bought this for you, I shudder to she would have snatched that shit right back off you. Yeah. Because this song is for a kid's movie, and it has no swearing in it. This yeah. is gangster as hell. Yeah. As soon 
as soon as Be Real comes in, that first verse, you can tell this song fucks and it fucks hard, man. This song is awesome. This is a banger. Even today, I was listening to it and just reminiscing of me, what, at 13 years old, like at, at my house with a wife beater on and some dicky shorts and some Reebok <laughs> pumps with my hat backwards and just like playing this blastness at um at my mom's house and just being as gangster as uh. I possibly could. And um I just loved it and still and still continue to love it. And so much goes into it just because like you have five different rappers from di- with five different styles, but the concept of it as well, like they're representing the different players on the Monstars team. They're all super authentic to their own personal style if they were not rapping yeah, on the space yeah. jam soundtrack but still they bring something together it's like voltron when they come together they unstoppable and yeah even coolio is pretty good on this uh, as far as being compared to quote-unquote other rappers hard, harder edge rappers like be real or you know, we were talking about our Wu-Tang names. Meth Man, of course, is on the song. Or, And I'm pretty sure this is my first introduction to Bust Rhymes, man. Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was still dope and how they were able to incorporate new Monstar themes and Space Jam themes and basketball and all that. Um, There's a lot of basketball lyrics in this, a lot of monster lyrics. But, like, it just makes the monsters seem so much fucking cooler than the Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I want to be a monster. Like, would you allow your mind to be put into the body of a hideous eight-foot-tall alien flesh monster if it meant you also gained the basketballing abilities of 1996 Charles Barkley? Well, you would have to ask Shaquille O'Neal because I think that's how he, he's living his life. <laughs> he, <laughs> he looks like an eight-foot monster sometimes. But um, yeah, I, I, I just might I might do it after listening to this song. I might, I might definitely become a monster. Hell of a song. Hell of a song. And then the third song that I really love, D'Angelo, who... I don't think he's capable of making a bad song. D'Angelo is fucking great. I found my smile again on this album, and it's just like totally unlike the last two songs, but really great song. I really like the song. Yeah, D'Angelo is is great at what he does. At this point, I know even when I was a kid, I knew this is where the album kind of like slows down, just because yeah, you know, yeah. it's now it gets to more R and B. And I don't even know if this song was actually featured in the movie, but I, I want to ask because it's been so long. Yeah. I didn't rewatch the movie. I probably should have. Are the songs in this on this album like chronologically to the movie, or are they arranged in a different? Nah, I think they're arranged differently. Uh, so, for instance, it, like it opens up with that Quad City uh, song, and then like sporadically, you'll hear the instrumental of "I Believe I Can Fly." You know, when the monsters come on screen, they'll do "Hit 'Em Up," and and sometimes they're just you'll hear little snippets of uh, of the songs, and um, no, so they're all mixed up together. But yeah, D'Angelo's fire. Like I was saying, this is where that the the album kind of slows down because it does go into more r&b which is which is fine um which it is fine and i'm pretty sure that these songs like the next three songs are featured on other albums like the the, the artist's individual album they just kind of like lent it to the space jam the space jam soundtrack like as we said these albums came out a week apart or something like that yeah. something crazy um so they're very both smack dab in the middle of the 90s the references some of them are way left field though that i don't enjoy like edge of night on the shack album it's a phil collins sample yeah. like, in the air tonight yeah. i was like weird that's the least gangster thing i've ever heard yeah it, it, it does come out of left field because i was like okay where are we where are we going with this but i don't know i guess rappers really love phil collins for for some reason like because i was thinking about this and then, do they do they yeah they mentioned him like even 
like Eminem Stan references Phil Collins, and I'm pretty sure I've heard other rappers, you know, reference Phil Collins. So there's something about his music. It's weird, like this this white balding with a mullet drummer from the UK. <laughs> like I think he has nothing in common with any rapper. Yeah, I mean. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just something about the something about the music. But this is the wall. I think we in every time we've reviewed an album on this on this podcast, we always I always hit a wall. This was my wall right here. This is when you're running a marathon, you hit the wall. I fucking hit the wall in the Shack album, and it was a marathon. Some of these songs, then then he starts then he starts doing his like ladies track, you know, his slow jam. Yeah. Ladies track where he samples Janet Jackson with right. Let's Wait a While, yeah. which is reminiscent of a much, much better Jermaine Stewart song about waiting. Basically, this is the girl telling him to wait because she's been hurt before, and Shaq's like, baby, I'll take care of you, I'll put you in my Porsche, don't worry about it, I ain't gonna hurt you like that. Yeah. It's, um, it's not good. And then Can I Play? Some of these songs, and this is gonna sound crazy... You can't even find the lyrics on the internet. Mm. You know how crazy that is for a, a major record label release, and you can't find the lyrics on the internet. Yeah, not genius, not A to Z lyrics, not Metro lyrics, nowhere. That's fucking insane. Yeah, it, it is kind of. It was difficult to find uh, uh, the resources of this. How did you listen to the album? I had to because Go ahead. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. It ain't on Tidal, no. it ain't on Apple Music, no. it ain't on Spotify, no. it ain't on YouTube. It is on no platform. The first two albums, Shaq's first two albums, are on all these services. You can find them easily, mm-hmm. like that, like like that. The last two albums, You Can't Stop the Rain and his next one, they don't exist. I don't know why they have been scrubbed off the face of the earth. Yeah, it is crazy. How did you find it? I had to um, really dig through YouTube, and it wasn't even listed as, you know... Um, you know, can't stop the rain. It was listed up under something else, and it was uh, just one f- uh, long file. So I had to just listen to it. Like once you start the video, you just have to listen to the whole album um, in its entirety, which was super difficult because you know I'm used to Spotify or other streaming services, title Apple yeah. Music, so I can like stop and pause the song and go back to it and stuff. But not this. Like once I put this on, I had to play it all the way through, which was um, a bit of an <laughs> you inconvenience. Had to. Yeah. Super inconvenient. Well, yeah, but how about how about you? How did you go about uh, listening to it? So I did like a old school person to person transfer, and I found someone that had the file in like Montana or something. Really? Wow! And and I just I downloaded each file, each MP3 individually, so I could listen to it. By the way, Shaq, I know that's illegal. Sorry. Um, I do own one of your jerseys, so I'm sure you've gotten some of my money out of your pocket. Yeah. But if you want my 20 bucks, Shaq, you can come to my house. I will gladly give it to you for this album. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's impossible to find. Like, I had to go 1995 technology to download this album. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, which probably is the best way to listen to it. You're, it's like... It was a waste of bandwidth, if that helps. Because I got to, <laughs> like, a song, More to Life, and I, I wrote, this is my notes... How is this album not over yet? What the fuck, Shaq? How could you do me like this? I thought we were friends. Yeah. I thought I asked you interesting questions. Oh, uh, no. Hey, he, he, he's definitely he screwed the pooch on there. He's, uh, he's holding a grudge against you. So Jumping back to Space Jam, uh, the next song. Like, again, as we said, there is a slowdown, For You, I Will by Monica. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the first bad song mm-hmm. on the Space Jam album, mm-hmm. but it's like a, maybe a, a ladies track or a softer track. Upside Down by Salt and Pepper. I like Salt and Pepper, and it's a good sample, another Diana Ross sample, mm-hmm. but it's fine, right? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, the these couple of songs, I feel like they were featured on, on other albums, and they just threw them in 
I mean, these are literally album fillers. They're in the middle of the album and they're, I don't even remember these last two being in the actual movie. I don't know why they would be put in there. These are all famous people. Like Monica was big. Yeah. Like Salt and Pepper were very big. Robin S. She wrote one of the best house songs of all time. Yeah. But not this song. <laughs> this song isn't good. Given you all that I got, yeah. it's a shit song. So I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. And then we get to Basketball Jones, yes. which is a song written by Cheech and Chong, the comedy duo, but sung by Barry White and Chris Rock. Yes. What is this song? Why is this song? How is this song? Yes. I mean, you haven't seen the movie in a while, so this is a classic. This one I remember, it's because Charles Barkley, yes. he loses his powers. Yes. And then he goes to play with some like little girls, yes. like, you're Charles Barkley. Yeah. And then he gets bitched out by them. Yes. <laughs> what do they say? Like, you ain't Charles yeah. Barkley. You're so chump that looks like yeah. Charles Barkley. He's like, you're not Charles Barkley. You're just a wannabe that looks like Charles Barkley. Go home, wannabe. Be gone, wannabe. <laughs> yeah. Great. You're not Charles Barkley. It's it a out. wannabe who looks like him. Sorry. Break out. Shouldn't even be here. Be gone. Wanna be? Be gone. This, this girl. Five feet nothing. Blocked my shot. When did you first start having this dream? It wasn't a dream. It really happened. Maybe that's why. Actually, the, the song is fine, but Chris Rock talking over the top of the song is so fucking annoying. Yeah, it's just, he, I think he's, I mean, it's Chris Rock, but he's putting on a bit of a character because he's kind of uh doing something with his voice and it's very much like you know oh the girls are here oh and who's this you know who's singing and, and and all this stuff um so like in the actual film like they don't have the chris rock voice uh it's just barry just Thank singing and stuff like that but um yeah i'll always think about this song synonymous with that scene and just how charles barkley got uh, bitched out basically so barry white has a great voice obviously oh yeah tell anyone that. yeah definitely Everyone always says like, "Oh, this is like this is like get freaky music." Have you ever had sex to Barry White? No, not really. I mean, I <laughs> not really. Oh, you got a hand job too. Yeah, lot. that doesn't count. <laughs> no, I mean, I I get it. He just has a deep voice, and maybe during his prime, I, I figure in the seventies and when you were listening to records on vinyl, maybe had a different sound because you know, I always hear vinyl records they have a warmer sound something to it so maybe his um his baritone uh does something on that medium but i've never felt the inclination to put on a very wide song while during my love making <laughs> i did think the next the opening bars of the next song i turned to you i it came on and i was like this is a song mm-hmm. for sexual intercourse mm-hmm. you can't put this in a kid's movie and Thankfully, it gets more tame as the song goes on, mm-hmm. but this this album is, is a little bit adult in part. Yeah. Shaq's album is very clean. Yeah. Because I think he cared about his image. A, his image. Yeah. you got to think about the kids, as he told Biggie, but also how much money he could make out of it, even though it was just tip money, you know? Mm. Here's a, an excerpt from Shaq talking about the music business and uh, from his autobiography. <clears throat> Shaq, my story. The first word I learned in the music business was recouping. When we did the first record, they wanted to do everything for me. The mixes, the lyrics, we had to record in their studios. Before you get any money for your record, they have to recoup all the money for the studio. By the time everyone took their cut, I had a check for $60,000 left. My album went platinum and all I got was chump change. I remember saying to Dennis, are you kidding me? 
I got smarter after that. I made sure I had control of my masters and my songs. When they said, come to this studio to tape, I'd tell them, I don't want to pay you guys to use this studio. I'll use my own. Twofold things, yeah? Mm-hmm. The first albums, he was getting their lyrics in their studio, and it was really successful. The third album, when he didn't have any of those things, it flopped. Mm. The songs weren't as good, and also it's not on Spotify or Tidal or anything anymore. Mm. Maybe because of that exact reason. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's uh, that's super interesting. I didn't know about that, so... Oh, wow. Like, maybe some of it was ghostwritten. It is possible. You got more songs. Big Dog Stomp. It's fine. Game of Death with the God MC Rakim. Yeah. It was just fine. I was I was kind of checked out by this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just kind of like whatever, um, especially when a lot of the beats, I've heard them on other rappers' songs and just performed a lot better, basically. They just did a lot more with those songs. Like, for instance, one of those samples is a big pun song that he eventually took and made it to a really big single so when you listen to when you when you when i'm going in with that i'm just kind of like oh well Shaq doesn't really uh stack up compared to the other songs that have that have come out at least it doesn't go out in a fucking horrible 10-car pileup like the space jam album does yeah bismarck e covers casey and the sunshine bands that's the way i like it it's fine mm-hmm. it's so non-offensive it's so fine buggin is the final track on Space Jam. Yeah. It is it is a rap written by Bugs Bunny, actually written by Jay-Z, apparently. This is the worst song I've heard so far on the podcast. This is <laughs> this is the worst full stop. This is nightmare fuel. This is what North Korea tells its citizens America is like. This is insanity. It's the worst ketamine hole I've ever been in. It's the end of all things. This is... It's not good, Pedro. It's not good. Yeah, even as a, as a kid, I was like, oh, Bugs Bunny rapping. Like, I don't know. This doesn't sound right. And um, it is it is crazy. Well, what do you think it is? Is it because it's just Bugs Bunny? Or is it like the actual structure of the song? Or just the whole, the whole mix? Okay, it's so many things. The lyrics are awful. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z, because he had to fit in all these references to like, oh, you couldn't see a mouse rap like this, yeah. like a shot at Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the lyrics are about carrots or having furry ears or basketball. And it's voiced, who's a very good voice artist, Billy West. Mm-hmm. He does half the cast of Futurama yeah. and Ren and Stimpy. He's a legend. And legend. But he's fucking horrible at rapping. And Bugs Bunny has a very annoying voice, which works for a cartoon. It doesn't work for rapping. Yeah. Some of the lyrics are just... Like Trump's wife, up to my ears in carrots. Yeah, man. Not even the barber can fade the rabbit. Yeah. Oh, this is this ruined the album. Like, oh, I can't believe they released this. And I, I am sure there's a reason Jay Z does not want to take credit for this for this song because it would kill. It would have killed his career in the womb if people knew he wrote this. Yeah, it, it's very, it's very interesting because he was just coming up. This is '96, so he just really released Reasonable Doubt, which is considered a hip hop classic. Probably still needs the money. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll write it. Yeah. yeah, just trying to just make a buck off of it and stuff like that. But you would kind of think if you want to be considered a legitimate rap hip hop artist, you're not necessarily going to just be associated with like a cartoon rap some of the lyrics in that Shaq album that jay says he's like i'm in it for the money so 
maybe that gives you some insight into his head. He's just like, dude, I, this is just a paycheck. I'm going to use it to do something else, and I, I don't care. And when I instantly heard the song, when he opens up, like, I heard that, and I was like, that's that sounds like Jay-Z. And I just had to look it up and I was like, holy fuck, it is Jay-Z. It just sounds just, it's just so much of his style. You know, if you were just to change like his little Bugs Bunny ear cartoon references to whether it be like money or, you know, New York, it, it would just, it would be a typical Jay-Z song. So yeah, it's super interesting. And a young Beyonce Knowles heard that and said, I'm going to marry whoever wrote that rap. <laughs> yes. She heard that and she's like, I'm going to marry him and he's going to cheat on me and then I'll take him back. <laughs> and then I'll write a song about it that sells billions of copies of albums. Look, those are the albums. Yeah. Looking forward to the future. You know, Shaquille O'Neal released a track this week. Yeah, man. I, I saw that. And I was As like, we record this. Yeah, yeah. I was like 2020. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Pair it up with Eliminate. And let me tell you, it is not good. No. It sounds like shit. Hello? Oh, hey, legendary basketball player and international superstar Shaquille O'Neal. You ready to tear this place up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's slam dunk on these fools. I'm really glad that we're friends. Oh, shut up. Play the track. Yeah. yeah okay. Sorry. I haven't. I haven't listened to it. I was just like, I, I, I can't. I can't stand to to venture down that. Keep an eye on the future. There's another Space Jam coming out, yeah. 2021, with LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. That's been in talk for a long long time and i guess event and now they're actually they're actually going to childhood's bound to be ruined yes of course i don't know why they keep remaking it but whatever i wanted to ask you what do you think about that trend because you brought up that list of uh basketball players that wanted to get in music do you think that it's uh it's justifiable because you know especially like with with hip-hop there is so much of this uh image of a street credibility and things like that but when someone is coming from the world of sports, some of that uh, is a little demystified, right? Because you already know that they they are they haven't killed anyone or sold any drugs. Yeah, you're a very clean cut person. Exactly. So, and if they are yeah, clean cut, yeah. like it does, it doesn't tend to work. I mean, we see that with an artist like Coolio uh, or even Shaq himself. So, yeah, I think okay. So to Shaq's advantage, he doesn't rap about any of that. He's very clean. Mm-hmm. He doesn't swear. He lets the other people swear if they if there is any swearing. So I think he's not pretending. He's just being braggadocious about how much money he has, which we know for a fact he does have that much money. Mm-hmm. You also get cases where they're not rappers, but there are people in the NBA that are actual gangsters. Mm-hmm. Vince Staples, a rapper from Compton, has said, like, oh, I know some guys that play in the NBA. Like, they actually used to be gang, like in gangs and stuff, mm-hmm. which is fine. Or they know gangsters. So there is a little bit of overlap there, but there's a reason that Shaquille O'Neal, who is widely considered as a joke rapper, done, you know, we're reviewing it on a joke podcast. He is the most successful basketball rapper of all time. Mm -hmm. And everyone else was somehow even worse than this because people don't take him seriously. They're a joke. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. No, yeah. I think uh, people will most likely stay in their lane and uh, continue to thing. And I don't think it works the other way because I think there's some rappers that try to get into the NBA, most famously Master P. I think he... I think he played for the Toronto Raptors for maybe a year, and then they were just basically like, "Nah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna cut yeah. you from, from the team." So, Pedro, you know how, how we like to wrap things up. You got to choose one song from each album to recommend to people. What are you picking off Shaq's album? What are you picking off Space Jam? Off the Shaq album, 
You Can't Stop the Rain. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick You Can't Stop the Rain with Biggie. Biggie's verse is terrific on there. And I think the song is just the most indicative of what you're going to listen to on the album. Shaq being braggadocious, talking about how lyrically skilled he is, how much money he has. I think there's a great story behind it. And also you get to listen to a Biggie verse that you probably haven't heard ever before. So um, I'll recommend that. And then as far as um, Space Jam music from and inspired from the movie, man, it's hard. The easy one is I Believe I Can Fly because you've, but people have heard that so, so, so many times. I'm going to say, hey, it's a, it was it was great for me then. It was great for me now. Hit them hit high with Be Real, uh, Method Man. Coolio, LL Cool J, and Buster Rhymes. I just think that it's a it's a great, clean song, and it incorporates basketball and you know themes from the film. So I think um, everyone should go out and check that out. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna go Legal Money with Mob Deep off the Shack album. Yeah. Has a great sample, as I said. Diana Ross, Marvin Gaye, really love that for Space Jam. Because like, because I can't pick Hit 'Em High. Because I think we're gonna make a a rule that I can't pick the same songs as you, yeah. even though I really want to play Hit em High. Uh, I'm going to go I Found My Smile Again by D'Angelo. Okay. Just because I, I hadn't heard that song because it's not on any of his other albums. Like, maybe it's on a Greatest Hits album or something. Uh, and I hadn't heard it, and I think it's a really lovely song. And I didn't expect it on a Space Jam album. Yeah. That will do it. Finally, Pedro, that will do it. We'll see everyone next week. See you guys. Bye. know like i really try to soak it in so like all week all star was like just stuck in my head and fuck <laughs> and i read that if a song is stuck in your head the best thing to do is like listen to it because it's like your brain trying to fill in a puzzle but i just couldn't i was just like, i can't listen to that goddamn song anymore so